Hello, everyone. <laughs> so nice to see all of you. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for is this is the only conference that has ever pronounced my last name correctly. <laughs> I have like grown up with, you know, just it going in school or other conference where they're like, Maria, and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> Don't go any further. So I just feel really honored to be here. And uh, thank you for finally, I feel like it's homecoming for me. So thanks so much. And um, I'm going to talk today about this new type of leader that um, that I call a DEO. Yes, I know DEO means God, but it, but that's the whole point. And um, how I actually came to be a DEO. I'm going to discuss the qualities that separate these new types of leaders from traditional business leaders. And um, I'm going to provide you with some tools so you can live the life of a DEO, too. Sound good? Are we ready to roll? Awesome. So about 18 years ago, um, well, so first of all, it was it's incredibly flattering to have Richard Saul Werman uh, introduce me. It, you know, he was my first mentor, uh, my first hero, uh, and I did do everything possible to resist all, any kind of good advice that he would imbue upon me. And in some ways, he kind of damaged me in a way where I worked for him for a couple of years, and then I left and started, um, I accidentally went on my own, uh, started my own company. I started freelancing, I was in my 20s, and uh, I just kept getting busier. And so what do you do when you're busy and you're freelancing? You hire your friends to help. So I just kept hiring friends to help. And the next thing I knew, I had founded a design studio called Hot Studio. And Hot Studio was um, successful, a successful company. It lasted for 15 years. And... Um, the you know I didn't go to school I did not uh, get any formal degree in business whatsoever although when I was a young child I used to paint jean jackets for a hundred dollars a piece and uh, in a very very early career when I was about 15 I would paint um, dog portraits for 50, for thirty five dollars a piece anybody here start their career painting dog portraits <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so anyway, I grew this company, and um, I didn't I didn't have a degree in business, but what I used instead was what I would call my design superpowers. So it, treating every business problem as if it's a design problem, and had managed to grow this incredible company over a 15-year period to about 100 people. And then something crazy happened. Does anybody here recognize this image? What? Thelma and Louise, okay. I'm looking a lot of old people in this audience, so that's good. Any any young people like I have no idea what this is. <laughs> there you go. There's the young person. So, um just about three years ago, I had what I ex I experienced what I would call a Thelma and Louise moment. 
So uh, one day, Facebook called and offered to acquire the talented people of Hot Studio, um, which is very, uh, it's exciting, but incredibly um, uh, shocking and scary at the same time. Because I've really enjoyed this company, uh, leading and growing this company for such a long period of time. And we had a lot of fun, as you can see from the, the jolly jumping picture of everybody. Um, so, but why give up this, why give up this, uh, the power of being independent? Um, and as my son would say, being the boss of all these people. By the way, he was very upset when I sold my company of Facebook because he wanted to, uh, you know, adopt the family business. Um, and why should I, why should I suddenly change careers where I was the CEO of a large company and work at a place where literally everybody is half my age? And judging from uh, past experiences, design acquisitions tend to go quite badly. So why would I take that chance? So, but if I was afraid of the uncertainty and risk in giving up a successful company, which was really my life's work, I would have respectfully declined the offer. But instead, we did a couple of things. We took that plunge. The first thing we did was we trust, well, I trusted my intuition because um, this could have been company suicide to have this beautiful design studio, everybody's having fun. It could have been company suicide that we suddenly would join this large company and the cultures and values wouldn't align. We took this huge risk because it had to be done in complete secrecy. Uh, my company, my employees could have left following the announcement, and then we would have had nothing to sell. And then finally, we disrupted the status quo because finally, after all of these years, design studios were in great demand and became highly valued in the marketplace. It's about time, yes. So in 2013, we drove off that cliff, sold Hot Studio, and I joined Facebook as a director of product design. But now, two years later, I'm working at, um, at another great company, Autodesk, as the vice president of uh, experience design. Those are the actions of a DEO, a design executive officer. A DEO is a creative business leader, a person who is distinctly different from traditional business leaders, and they're uniquely qualified to solve the types of problems we're facing today. So before I get any further, I, yeah, first of all, I'm really all grateful that you showed up after that rage, raging party last night. Um, and uh, I want to kind of warm you up a bit. Um, so who here defines themselves as creative? Come on, some of the create. Some of you, you're not creative. You're not not creative. Nobody else. Okay. What about um, a leader? Who is a leader? Not many. Not many leaders. Um, okay. Who likes to take risks? Oh, yes. So, um, you know, it's funny, when, um, when we're asked to do something 
uncomfortable, something unfamiliar, something risky. The rational part of your brain gets pushed aside and your creative brain takes over. And risk actually causes the mind to stretch its muscles. It creates what we call mandatory conditions for innovation. And it trains your brain to think in unusual ways, to be more creative. So let's all take a risk. I want everybody to stand up. You're like, oh, God. (laughs) Please, lock the doors. Lock the doors. Okay. So um, we're going to do this. We're going to try to do this pretty quickly. Um, I really, I'm going to just listen to my instructions pretty Pretty, just listen to my instructions before you do that, otherwise it becomes complete mayhem. I'm going to ask you guys to like turn around and meet somebody new and say hello, right? Okay, that's the easy part. No, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> okay. Um, then when I say go, I'm going to ask you guys to hug the shit out of each other for 10 seconds. But not like this, like, can you come up for a minute? I I don't want this. I don't want this. This is what I want. And I'm going to count to 10, okay? All right, so this is probably a good time to for the women to, you know, move around a little bit. So, okay, so turn around, say hello, and then when I say go, I'm watching you. Okay? Go ahead, say hello. Okay, go! Hug! Hug! Come on, 10 seconds! Come on! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Woo! <sighs> Thank you. Could you still hear me okay? My, uh, oh my, is my, uh, is, <laughs> I feel a little disheveled. <laughs> so how did that feel? It felt great? How many... Who, creepy? Anybody was creeped out? You, you, you clearly picked the wrong person if you were creeped out. So one of the things that um, that's really important is, you know, actually you're all, you know, Italian. I'm Italian American. This should come easy to you, but actually when you hug somebody four times a day that you care about, it can prevent depression. But more importantly, congratulations. You just took the first step as a DEO. The success of all businesses lie in people and how we can make powerful, meaningful connections to one another. It doesn't matter how many awards we've won. It doesn't matter what our job title says or how many years we've been working in business. We are all peers here. And when people feel like they're equal, That's when great things can happen. And being an equal starts with you feeling like one as well. So focus on being present. Look at people right in their eyes and listen to them. And meet people right where they are in life.
A DEO, or design executive officer, is a combination of a strategic business executive and a creative problem solver. The DEO looks at all business problems as design problems, solvable through the right mix of imagination and metrics. They don't follow traditional rules. They thrive in a world of ambiguity and chaos because they are catalysts for transformation and agents of cultural change. And the DEO, it's not necessary. You don't need a design degree to be a DEO. They come from all disciplines and industries. Yeah, Pope Frank, he's a DEO. <laughs> As we say in New York, sorry. <laughs> um, Madonna and Howard Stern and Michelle Obama, they come from all disciplines. They are business leaders and they're artists. They're government leaders and social innovators. But what they all seem to share is they live in this and work in this world of in this this combination of a juxtaposition of analytics, anthropology, and creativity. And before we had the designer boom, we had this guy, our fearless leader, Steve Jobs, who turned the world upside down in our lifetime. How many of you remember what it was life, what life was like without that thing in that big com little computer in your pocket? Big computer, little computer. You remember? <laughs> Another old person in the room. <laughs> but he was like this perfect combination of someone who was analytical by nature, yet deeply trusted his creative instincts to make some of the most important design and business decisions that our generation has ever seen. Creative leaders like Steve Jobs possess special superpowers over traditional business leaders that are both unique in nature and powerful in practice. So DEO traits. DEOs are change agents that thrive in this world of chaos and transformation. They disrupt the status quo by thinking outside the box versus fear of working and never leaving the box. They embrace risk versus avoiding, mitigating, or running from risk. They connect the dots. Oops, sorry. <laughs> They connect the dots by seeing and thinking in systems. They have this ability to solve interconnected, messy, wicked problems versus solving problems linearly one at a time. And they're socially intelligent and highly people-centered. They have deep empathy and they focus on creating relevant and meaningful experiences for people that improve their lives versus simply being motivated by making money or maximizing shareholder revenue or moving metrics. And they're driven by curiosity, imagination, and intuition. Passion fuels the work and they are committed to a high degree of excellence and craft. And finally, they have this. Does anybody know what that means? 
Come on. Who said that? Come on up, you. You're from Palo Alto. You know that. <laughs> Come on up. I'll give you a book. <laughs> Thank you. They, right, they get shit done. That's what she said. <laughs> they have the urgency and focus to get things done, get them done right, get them done better than anybody else. And it's in their DNA. And it's the type of qualities that we need to solve the big problems that we're facing today. So I'm going to leave you today with five, five, not ten, five tips that um, that are relevant to anybody, whether you are um, just starting out in your career, whether you're in the middle of an organization, whether you're a rising leader, whether you're at the top. Um, these are tips that I've just learned over time and tips that um, other leaders have used to be DEOs too. So number one, the very first thing we need to do is change our mindset from design being thought of as an expense on a balance sheet to an investment in the future. Design is not a noun. Design is an active verb, and it means all of these things. Co-create, participate, communicate, instigate, partner, co-create, innovate. Innovate. To design is to embrace change, and change demands leadership. Therefore, today's leaders must be designers of change. Designers are not just producers of nouns, of artifacts, of deliverables. Designers are champions of forming, transforming a messy, interconnected global world. And the best ideas and solutions to problems are coming from multidisciplinary teams where everyone feels like they've contributed to the design process. In this context, we are all designers. Make everyone part of the creative process. Designers must give up this, give up owning this word design and keeping it all for, to themselves. Trust your peers and coworkers as co-creators and respect the fact that each person can bring something to the table based on their own area of expertise and view of the world. And be mindful that diverse teams may shame goals, but they just might be speaking different languages. More brains produce more ideas and better solutions. Number two, value we, not me. That's my daughter, Olivia. We are no longer in this culture of me. I grew up... I grew up, I got out of school, I grew up in what I would call the culture of me, that lone rock star working in the corner, who just, who, and, and the whole goal was to work so you can get recognized for your individual contribution. Instead, today, we live in the culture of we, where nothing can be created without collaboration, cooperation, and teamwork. One way 
to embrace the power of we is to celebrate diversity. That could mean many things. It could mean diversity of work and life experience. That could mean diversity of discipline and area focus. It could mean diversity of gender and ethnicity. And how about a diversity of a point of view? There are lots of studies to support the idea that diverse teams can be more efficient and more innovative than non-diverse teams. So a 2005 study from Stanford um, did a, a, asked the question, what determines the success of a Broadway musical? Now, I don't know about you, but my husband is always asking that question because he hates musicals. But what this uh, study found was really fascinating. First, the group must be diverse. It includes, successful Broadway musicals include a balanced ratio of new performers to experienced older performers. And so the new performers have to be, um, be you know, they, they inject new ideas, but they also uh, recognize and need the wisdom of the old performers. And the older performers need the new performers to come up with new ideas. So these two, and I'm seeing this a lot in business now with a lot of younger people entering the workforce in companies that are very mature, you have this opportunity where you can learn from each other. And these two guidelines together, they create this culture of collaboration that feeds off of one another, much like what Peter Cook talked about yesterday, jazz musicians. They learn and they feed off of one another. Number three, a truly human-centered organization puts people first. Happy employees translate to happy customers. Happy customers translate to high-performing, sustainable businesses. So this is my new boss, Carl Bass, who I adore and love. And I had first met Carl um, because when my son was in third grade, my son Max, he started taking classes after school, learning how to use 3D, 3D Max and Maya, where you can build monsters and cars. And it was the first time that I could, I actually saw passion in my son's eyes. I don't know if any of you have kids, but there's that moment when you realize that somebody found their passion. And I was so appreciative of that. And it was because Autodesk is a company that actually gives away their software free to students. And so Carl is somebody that I, I admire, and he's somebody that I have always wanted to work for. It's important to inform your intuition by understanding real-life experiences and circumstances. By living in people's shoes, your customers, your employees, your peers, and your community, you can look for innovation in the white spaces that don't exist in conference rooms or in... Um, rooms with two-way mirrors. So as a DEO, you have to have empathy and care deeply for all people. And through your own work, you can improve the lives of people's lives too. Positivity, yes. So I grew up in an Italian family. 
which means that there was a lot of love and a lot of yelling. (laughs) And parents are dialed into this fact. Kids model behavior, and so do your coworkers. So it's so important to come to work with a positive attitude every day. Everybody wants to do a great job. It's usually the leaders that get in the way. Bad bosses can increase the risk of stroke by 33%. And on a positive note, 9 out of 10 people say that they are more productive when they're around positive people. And increasing positive emotions, like hugging more, could lengthen your lifespan by 10 years. Number four, champion creative culture. Does anybody know how many hours you spend at work in your lifetime? Does anybody want to guess? I don't want to depress you, but anybody want to throw out some numbers? Who said that? What are you, what are you, a genius? (laughs) How did you know that? You just guessed. That's exactly right. I'll hug you later. (laughs) Exactly, but 90,000 hours. So you better enjoy coming to work every day. Leandro talked about fun being serious business. Recent research on companies point to one common denominator. Creating the right culture is the key to success, and it could start with you right at your desk. Create an environment that encourages and rewards creativity in in others. Creativity and innovation needs to be baked into the culture from the top down and the bottom up. We are all born creative. It just, we just need to practice more. And in order to get the best ideas out of teams, don't forget to make it fun to come to work every day. Thankfully, studies show humor, and I'm really happy to report sarcasm, in the workplace can increase productivity and creativity as well as promote physical and emotional health. If you've ever been told your desk is too messy, this is your moment to shine. (laughs) A report just published found that a cluttered workspace can actually enhance problem-solving skills and boost efficiency. Yes! (laughs) I am never cleaning my kitchen table again. So good ideas are messy. Promote creative uh, chaos. Write on walls, write on tables, write on windows. If you don't have writable surfaces, I used to carry these giant post-it notes to my meetings um, and, and, and use them. And also, when I go to meetings, another, I have this other trick that I like to use. I like to go topless. How many people go topless? Nobody's going, nobody go, does anybody know what that means? You go topless, the man who hugged me. I could tell. <laughs> Does anybody know what topless means? Laptopless. <laughs> it's important to go laptopless and take notes publicly. Actually, the note-taking method of using pen and paper boosts memory 
which the guy from Moleskine's going to thank me for later. <laughs> and, and it strengthens the ability to understand concepts and facts. So ask others, when you're in meetings, ask others to put away your phones and focus. It helps you listen more attentively, and your team collaborators will feel much more appreciated and know that they've been heard. Another, another thing that you are all aware of. So, again, I grew up in a family, uh, you know, lots of love, lots of yelling, lots of eating together. Um, no matter how much, how much we fought and yelled, um, we always got together and ate. And when people, um, eat together, they tend to let their guard down. So whenever somebody would say, Ma, uh, Maria, I'm having um, a disagreement with a worker, I'm like, go to the bar next door, get a shot, and eat. Because um, lunchtime marks a natural pause in the day and becomes a great opportunity for conversation and creativity. Employees who take a break every 90 minutes report a 30% higher level of focus than people who take no breaks during the day. And startups and tech companies take notice. The more hours people work beyond 40, and the more continuously they work, the worse they feel and the less engaged they ultimately become. They burn out. So prioritize eating together with your team. You are bound to learn something new from your colleagues, especially when it's combined with alcohol. <laughs> And more good news. I'm, I'm the bringer of good news today, folks. Studies show that alcohol in moderation can enhance creativity, which I can see this is a very creative audience. So keep your refrigerator well-stocked and celebrate those big wins, or simply celebrate the end of the week, or any other possible excuse you can come up with. Last one, five. Iterate and evolve. Facebook is a place that celebrates moving fast and being bold. And there are posters taped to the buildings everywhere. And here is my favorite one. This journey is 1% finished. In order to build an innovative culture, you have to keep the company in a constant state of in, in, iteration and reinvention. So show progress. Don't give up and move forward, especially when it's hard to do so. And one of the things when you're in business, you're going to have these highs and lows. Embrace the low points. When I was at the lowest low of lows, when I was running my own company, I remember I would hit those really bad lows. Something would happen. A moment of clarity will, would, would come up. And Researchers have found in trauma patients, actually, when they hit this low, the lowest point, they start seeing new possibilities in life. Resilience is a prerequisite for leadership. And stay humble by soliciting feedback continuously. Ask others regularly, how can I do better? It takes personal courage and vulnerability to toss out wild ideas. Be empowered to be wrong. Embrace failure as a way of learning. And be empowered to change your mind. Early failures lead to course correction, new discovery, and new directions. 
And DEOs like Mark Zuckerberg, they understand that vision without execution is hallucination. They know that they will ultimately, ultimately be judged by what they do, not by what they dream. Ideas are only good if you can bring them to life. So have the courage to take smart risks every day and get shit done. Remember, innovation has no chance of success until it leaves the building. So here we have it. Change your mindset. Value we, not me. Put people first. Champion creative culture. Iterate and involve. In order to solve the world's problems, we need to think like designers, feel like designers, and work like designers. And here is the great news. There is a designer in every one of you. Open your eyes wide. Be courageous and touch people's hearts and minds. Help us work together as a team, a party of equals, to solve the world's most challenging problems. Help us build a better future for our children. We can do this as designers, as creative leaders, as DEOs. Finally, that's when I look like when I work for Richard. <laughs> Be your authentic you. Don't be afraid to show who you really are. Have the courage to think differently and have the confidence to be different. And cause a little trouble because it's good for you. If this Italian-American girl with the hard-to-pronounce last name in any other country but Italy can do it, you can too. So begin right now. You be the champion or you find an advocate. These skills can be learned over time. Take baby steps, but start right now. Be committed to change and bring out your inner DEO to help build the next generation of creative leaders. To quote the great DEO Lady Gaga, you are all born superstars. Go and find your own stage. Thank you. Don't leave the stage, please. <laughs> Because I want my own hug. <laughs> thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you very much.